Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I am Dr. Andrew Scaff. He is Dr. Michael Werman, Esquire. Uh, we're here today to talk about uh, the NFL's Week 11 and the Chiefs' Philly uh, Super Bowl rematch from this last week. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit more about um, the next week's preview for the Thanksgiving uh, games in the NFL for week 12 uh, and have some new picks uh, for next week uh, in our betting competition. Uh, but we'll start today's episode uh, with, I guess, a, a semi-interesting story, at least anyway, uh, from Tom Brady, who's now only one year removed from being in the NFL. Mike, I guess you've um, not know. read this article or heard the quote. I only, I only read the headline and I didn't end up, end up reading it. Uh, today. I know the quotes were kind of interesting. I, w- I wanted to maybe read these quotes to you and see if, what your thoughts are on this. Is Tom Brady has he become like a curmudgeonly old, uh, in a, you know, old veteran, retired veteran, or uh, does he have a point? Maybe that's that's all. I would well, could he could couldn't he be both? Uh, yes, which, it could be. That could which, be that could be your result. That could be your um, your answer here. Maybe what I think, yeah. The um, the quote is, I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. I think the coaching isn't as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. End quote. Hmm. I actually disagree. I would disagree with that. I think there are. I don't know if the coaching is worse or better. I couldn't. I couldn't really in, in the one year. Versus, yeah, it's just like is this just this year, or is it like since he started? Maybe I guess it's probably he's going back <laughs> 10, 15 years, probably at least, right. if not twenty plus. Um, I would say, I would say there are in some ways there are a lot, there are a lot of bad teams. Yeah. But I guess maybe I think there are fewer really really terrible teams in the past in, or in, now as in the past like maybe like you know I don't think there aren't there all you you know there aren't going to be that many two and fourteen two and fifteen teams um, yeah I think that tended to, there tended to be teams that stayed bad for longer back then I think it's I think it's more it's a more up and down league. In yeah. terms of quality, so more parity and like the yeah, more churning through the yeah. the top teams around. But I think I think in some ways there are more teams that are competitive and more teams that are able to like be Super Bowl contenders now than there were ten to fifteen years ago usually. Um, but I don't. So if that means more teams are, I guess technically mediocre, just means in the middle. So like, if is it just people use it as saying, oh, this is you know, terrible mediocre, but usually medi- mediocre really means it's, you know, average. And, you know, if, yeah. if more teams are around the average, that means I think in some ways that they're more competitive. And I, I, I don't, I don't really see how, how the rules benefit one team over another. I think they would yeah. probably hinder or equally help teams. Like you can say, well, a good coach, now that there are more rules, you you would think actually better coaching would do better if there are more rules to have to work 
around because there's there are more obstacles in their way uh, you know defensive coordinators especially you can't do that here but you can do but you know what can we do that's different that will allow us to still you know keep receivers in front of us or keep um you know or tackle well still or you know things like that and and from what i've noticed i think the tackling is okay it's not any like if you watch old games like people talk about how oh oh think you know technique and stuff is worse but like it was worse it was bad back then too in, in some ways it's probably better now than it was if it's a little bit like watching those old hockey games like when Wayne Gretzky was playing do you remember like seeing him score goals against like goalies that were kind of just standing up and like yeah. you, know, you know doing you know and compared to like you know the Alex Ovechkin goals now that he has to score against the you know the huge turtles that are in front of the uh nets you know that take up the entire like, there's only about you know you know, like three five spots that are like this big that you can score in usually now so like yeah. it's it's a different world so i i think it's yeah i i would disagree with that for with tom tom brady i would if he had said i don't know maybe it's just you know, players are softer now or something like that maybe but I don't think this. I think he kind of got into that a little more, like later in the uh, the interview, because that, that was this is with uh, Stephen A. Smith, I think, on on uh, his Stephen A. Smith's YouTube show. Apparently, it was what these... I think the skill is good. I think there are more, somebody's more good quarterbacks than there have been for a while now. I think than when Brady was playing. But I think yeah. quarterback play is more important now. So maybe that's also maybe what Brady is a little bit upset about. Yeah. Well, and a lot of like, um, the what, I mean, like if you're saying that the league is, if, you know, it sounds like in some of this article that he goes on, you know, makes it sound like the league is softer than it was. And, and uh, you know, part of that is actually his, his specific fault. Yeah. Because we he, don't want to hurt Tom Brady. So that's why we have the quarterbacks as the quarterback salaries skyrocketed. Uh, yeah. The league is having to make more of an effort to make sure that they, protect some of that uh well yeah investments that the that the teams and are making you know in the particular position i mean nobody wants to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on a guy that's going to get destroyed back there but also the team should you know spend more money to try to protect that guy too not just yeah. spend all the money on the quarterback and then well, not- yeah, a couple of the rules are directly related to brady like the going low on the quarterback that that's basically stemmed from when the Chiefs, it was Bernard Pollard, uh, injured Brady like in the first game of the season, and, and then that of course led to Matt Castle doing okay, and then the Chiefs taking Matt Castle. Uh, yes. so in some ways, it hurt the Chiefs in the long run probably a lot more <laughs> than it hurt uh, New England. Yeah, New England didn't make the playoffs that year. They were eleven and five, and still didn't make the playoffs that year, which is a little crazy. Um, maybe having the extra playoff team maybe makes it a little more like you get a, you have a worse team that makes the playoffs than normally would. Yeah, but I think the NFL is. We've talked about this before on on here. I think the NFL should expand, and they should be forty teams is the number that makes sense if you want to keep divisional alignments basically the way they mm. are four teams in a division same number of teams in each conference you know you could do you know four european teams and four other 
teams in you know the rest of the world teams rest of the world or you know canada mexico um or and then maybe two in the united states or something you know there still are locations i think in the u.s that could do with another yeah uh, football team you know i think you know there's a lot of cities that you know don't have professional uh football that, that could you know yeah. say san antonio or you know portland you know these you know teams you know and you know team that, places that would have you know rivals nashville you know i guess nashville has one but you know i don't know memphis or you know is big enough for louisville or you know those places st louis could have a team again you know st louis probably yeah so, chicago uh, so, could probably have another team of, like you know New York and, and New York could have a third. Yeah. Like that would I would say a lot of people would jump from the Giants and the Jets because they've been sucking for so long. They'll say, well, let's just root for the, you know, the uh Knickerbockers or whatever we're gonna call, you know, whatever we, we might call uh the new team or something like yeah, so Toronto, you know, like maybe we'll move into Canada. Yeah. Um, although we did have the Grey Cup. Did you follow the Grey Cup uh no. last past week? Should we talk about the Grey Cup? You want to? I don't know anything about it, though. Um, the Montreal Alouettes defeated the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 28-24 to 24 in the Grey Cup. That was on Sunday, November 19th as well. Um, yes, and the, and the Alouettes won uh, that game. I'm going to see if we can recognize any of the players. On the Alouettes or the Blue Bombers. You know how many teams there are in the CFL right now? Not a clue. I think there are nine teams. Um, yeah, they are. They, they, they aren't odd number. Yeah, I think there are only nine. I think one team. Um, fold, I don't know if they folded or not. Yeah, there are nine teams right now. There are, and only there's only one Rough Riders, I think. Now there used to be two Rough Riders. Yeah. So we have we have the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Montreal Alouettes, Ottawa Red Blacks. I think they were the Rough Riders at one point, and the mm. Toronto Argonauts, of course, probably the most famous. Yeah, and then we have the BC Lions, Calgary Stampeders, Edmonton Elks, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, oh, there is a new team that is coming, and that is how there's going to be one of the Atlantic provinces, either in Halifax, Nova Scotia, or Moncton, New Brunswick, known as the Atlantic Schooners. But maybe it's not going to come. It was supposedly sometime in the 2020s. It's supposed to be supposed to start, um, but I think they're. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe it fell through to have that tenth team because I mean, there are there are five teams in the West and four in the East. Hmm. And for a while, I don't know if you remember that um, there were, there were several CFL teams in the United States in the mid nineties. Yeah, uh, that didn't last very, no, uh, very long. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't blue- recognize. I, I just found the. Uh list of players in the game. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really recognize these names either. It seems like it seems like the CFL now is becoming more of an alternative league uh and not like a place for washed up 
NFL. Yeah. But, like the XFL and the USFL are like teams, players that were okay and couldn't make it, um, you know, last than more than a year or two. Uh, so I, yeah, maybe that's, I don't, I don't know. I would, I would like to see the CFL and NFL be a little bit closer in an alliance, but we have what two other leagues coming in too, right? With the XFL restarting, I think this, this year, right? This coming well, at the, at the conclusion of this year's NFL season. Oh, the XFL, yeah, started last was was around last year. Well, that was the USFL, right? And then the XFL, the XFL and the XFL and USFL last year. They both did play last year. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, did you did you notice in this Grey Cup though that they have two awards afterwards for the most valuable player, but also most valuable Canadian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were they the same? They were different players. Mm, the Grey Cup. Yeah. yeah the Alouettes had a... Tyson Philpont was most valuable Canadian. Cody Fajardo was the most valuable player. But it's player and Canadian. Not Canadian player, but most valuable <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Is that player? You think it should be player and Canadian player? I think, I think so. <laughs> so it doesn't have anything to do with players. Yeah, yeah, just more about it's yeah. unrelated to the game. It's just the most valuable Canadian. That's true. Maybe just be a yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a technicality. I think you can you can call him on. <laughs> anyway, well, back to, back to back to Tom Brady. Um, yeah, I don't. So you're saying you're, you're leaning curmudgeon is what you're i'm leaning curmudgeon i'm leaning i don't know about curmudgeon even maybe just bitter uh guy i guess maybe that's what an old bit what do you call it curmudgeon. i don't think he's quite it wasn't like brady was known for toughness and uh yeah you know cantankerousness or things like that so i don't yeah it's it kind of it seems more a little whiny coming out of brady than curmudgeonly to me uh, but i don't yeah i i don't i guess i wasn't i was not a player in the league and so i don't really know but but now brady's not really a player i don't he wasn't saying these things when he was playing that the coaching was worse because the t and like the teams are more mediocre than they've been and things like that so i don't well he only really had like two coaches in the entire <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, Bruce Arians and and, and Belichick. So they were both, I guess, yeah. Super Bowl winning coaches that he had. Right. Although he had put, maybe played a big bigger part than we thought uh, in those teams winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you know, but I don't know. Speaking of Super Bowl, do we should we talk about the Super Bowl rematch that was played on Monday night? Between the Chiefs and the Eagles, where the Chiefs lost 21-17 in a weird game, and maybe, but also one that was oddly predictable in, in what happened, that the Chiefs would defense would play well and the offense was sluggish or downright bad at, at different times. And mm. Mahomes has been off. You wonder if he is... Mahomes off because his he doesn't have the players to throw to, or is is you think that's becoming more clear as the season goes on, or is it 
combination of things. This is the offensive coordinator's fault or Yeah. Well, it didn't really seem like he necessarily was off. Like he was hitting receivers in the hands many yeah. times in that he game. He had that one bad interception in the end zone. That was that one was pretty bad. But a lot of those this year. He's just got nine interceptions already this year. Yeah. Even in his lowest big worst years, I think he had 13. So he's on pace for you know probably his worst season by interceptions. Yeah. And he's not throwing that many touchdowns. He threw two, I guess he threw two um last night. One to Watt, one to Justin Watson, who dropped as many or more than he caught last night. I think he had five catches on 11 targets and at least three or four of those 11 targets hit him in the hands or he ran the wrong route uh, on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Cause he turned inside on one that Mahomes clearly thought he was going the, you know, the other. And Andy Reid thought the same thing. You could tell by his reaction that that was not the covering his face. With, yeah. <laughs> with the uh, menu essentially. Right. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, and there were drops. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantling maybe had a had an egregious drop, and all he also kind of got turned around on one and ran a bad route mm-hmm. uh, on a long pass. So, like the Chiefs had several, couple long passes that should have connected, mm-hmm. and they should have. I, I think they should have won that game rather easily. Mm-hmm. But something is wrong with the offense. Well, they had well, two red zone turnovers, which when Kelsey turns the ball over, he turns the ball over at a bad time. Yeah. And it really cost the teams the games. Like he did that last year in Cincinnati. He had that turnover and that cost them the game against Cincinnati. And now this one, but essentially I guess this, you could say cost them the game because they would have at least been in field goal range or probably score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wouldn't have. <laughs> You know, needed to, you know, do these things. But Watson had many Watsons also cost them the game because it was a fourth and 25, and they would have gotten that fourth and 25 if Watson could have caught the ball right in his hands. Mm-hmm. You know, so this, yeah. So and that was just after he, what, lost track of the punt on the yeah. uh, previous possession. That was a, and that, and then that, that was preceded by another drop of Watson's as well. So he had on third down also. Yeah. yeah. It's so this was, Watson started the game strong, but ended about as weak as he could possibly end. Well, he caught a couple of passes. Like it was like in the middle of that bad play, he caught a few. Well, he, he missed the right third down drop. He missed the second down, missed the second down pass, and then caught a third down pass, like right on the very next play, and then the drop on the next series, yeah. and then the missed punt, and then the drop on the fourth down play. Yeah. At the end of the game, essentially. Yeah, Kelsey had a drop that was pretty bad too. You know, at the end of the, you know, he ended up catching the next one on fourth down, but he had the drop earlier. So it was just, I, I was asking before before uh, we got on the air, which Chiefs receivers' performance was worse? Was it uh, week one or was it week eleven? This is this is week eleven, isn't it? Or it's yeah, week- so, I mean, both of the games ended up being losses. They were the field. The field and weather weren't great in either of the games, but you know these are professional athletes that who's playing against a strong NFC opponent. Yeah, so I mean the loss I don't think is it's not by any means the end of the world for the Chiefs. It's uh, you know an NFC loss, so they're not like losing ground in tiebreakers. Uh, it's still a loss, but other than the lost tiebreaker column, yeah, yeah, 
Um, but if they end up tied with someone, they're probably going to have fewer conference losses than that. Yeah, they've already beaten Miami head-to-head. They've beaten Jacksonville head-to-head. Yeah. Basically, the only team – well, I guess if Buffalo comes on and Buffalo ends up beating the Chiefs, uh, that's about the only team that can have a tiebreaker edge. Baltimore, maybe, I guess. Well, Baltimore doesn't play the Chiefs. and they've already, I think all three of their losses have been – in conference. In conference. So they lost to Indianapolis. They lost to Cleveland. And they lost to Pittsburgh. So those are their three. So all um two divisional and three conference. Yeah. So and this is it's kind of unusual because again, the AFC is probably not gonna have a lot of losses to the NFC because the AFC is a stronger conference. Mm. But where the you know Chiefs have played, they played well, they played the maybe two of the best three teams, probably or or maybe four, if you include Dallas. Uh, I've seen yeah. San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit, and Philadelphia are probably the best four teams in the NFC this year. Yeah. Well, the, and really, the you know, the, this game against Philly came down to two like nearly identical plays on opposite ends of the field, where uh, you know, Jalen Hurts had a long pass to Devontae Smith that was caught. And then, yeah, Mahomes and and Valdez Scantling weren't able to connect on a ve- on a, a nearly identical type of play. Yeah, and you could and say that. And, and I think Valdez Scantling had a you know higher odds of completing yeah. the catch. Uh, it was a better pass. The better pass. The degree of difficulty was lower for the receiver, the, and the defender was further away. Yeah, on, for Valdez Scantling than Devontae Smith's was, and. Uh, but yeah, somehow Smith came down with it and Valdez Gantling did not. And that was basically what, you know, that was the outcome of the game right there. It's like two similar plays. One of one of them went Philly's way and the other one also went Philly's well, way. Yeah. It it's also a little like you could also see the difference in receiver talent because in some ways, um, you, you say AJ Brown's the number one receiver, Devontae Smith is number two on uh Philadelphia. Brown was basically shut out the whole night. He had one catch for eight yards and maybe had one another penalty on Snead on him one time. So yeah. that was, you know, and so the and it was similar to the Chiefs with Kelsey. Kelsey didn't have very many yards either. He only had about four, um, 44 yards or something like that. He did have a touchdown close to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, so but the second receiver for the Chiefs was Justin Watson. Or you could say Marquez Valdez Scantling compare him to Devontae Smith. You know, that's a much, you know, he's much better than you know, mm. former Heisman Trophy winner, first round draft pick. You know, so the Chiefs, ha- ha- you know, at the receiver position have a big drop off. But I'll, but in some ways, you know, Tony looked really good last night and he was terrible in the early going. Yeah. The, and then basically after that first game, he didn't, he hasn't played much since this was the game where he played the most by far and he was electric on those punt returns Mm -hmm. uh, looked good on some running plays he's you know you know hardman didn't see much action either it seemed like although he plays but not really hurt his thumb though i think early on the chiefs but like the you know sky Moore basically hasn't played much since his early problems and for but for some reason watson and Valdez Scantling keeps seeing the field, 
Rasheed Rice has been pretty good, but doesn't. So I I don't know what the well, Rasheed Rice had a couple of catches kind of early in the game, and then wasn't I don't think thrown to again after maybe the half even. It's the same the same thing happened in the Miami game. He had a touchdown and I think four catches in the first half, none in the second half, and of course the Chiefs didn't score. They haven't scored points in the last three second halves that they played, and in only thirteen points in the two games before that even. So it's it's been a, a you know a long drought the nfl's lowest scoring second half team is was shown quite a bit on the broadcast mm-hmm. on monday so what is yeah so what's the chief's problem do you think i mean a lot of it i think is just bad luck with <laughs> drops i don't think that's really much to do there and i think is that, personnel, is that just personnel you think that, is so that yeah right? i think you know if you if you were going to say like yeah where if the Chiefs number one receiver, what number receiver would our would the Chiefs best receiver be on Philly's team? Because Valdez Scantling is probably W wide receiver one, right? Yeah. Where where would he fall on the roster for Philly? Well, he'd be three at the best. Best, right? Yeah. Um, Maybe not even three. Well, if you include Dallas Goddard, who was hurt, he'd be if you include tight ends, he'd be four. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I was just talking about for wide receiver position specifically. Not like, it's not necessarily like the hierarchy of who's targeted the most often, but, yeah. but just like, you know, occupying that wide receiver one. Wide yeah. Receiver. I'm looking at the Eagles roster right now. Yeah. Um, wide receivers, what they have, they have AJ. So, of course, we mentioned, um, well, Julio Jones is on that team now. I forgot. Julio Jones is three, right? So, three. Quez Watkins has been decent in the league. So maybe he's four or would be, he hasn't played very much this year. He's been injured, I think. Um, yeah, he only has four receptions for 20 yards. He hasn't played very much this year. He's been he's been hurt. But um, yeah, so he, I guess at best you would say four. That, that's not great. You know, if you're trying to ask you know if it's personnel or if it's coaching and you'd say that for any of you'd say that for Probably any you have to say it's personnel i would think well the idea was that the chiefs did okay with that same personnel minus yeah you swap out juju and put uh, rasheed rice and yeah they still but, won the super bowl but in that scenario juju's actually one valdez scantling was two or three maybe even in the chief's hierarchy you could also argue that Rice should be one in the Chiefs' current hierarchy. Yeah, he's been the he's looked the most explosive. On yeah, but his... it's probably about who you know which, like corner, are they drawing? So like you know you can call them wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, but you know which are they putting their number one cornerback on which of those guys? And it's probably Valdez Scaling right now, I would guess, or Kelsey. Maybe their best defenders are being, you know, retasked to Kelsey because they know they're he's the number one target. Yeah, I think they're double. I think they're doubling Kelsey kind of constantly. But then somebody else has to be open somewhere. Is that not right? But but I think they think well, there's nobody to go to. I guess Juju was more reliable last year as a second option, so they Juju. couldn't just concentrate completely, completely on Kelsey. But I think the offense has looked stale in a lot of times it's not you know people can't get open or yeah 
and, and there's been, had so many drops. It's, it's just been it's just been all around worse play. So I don't know if it's they didn't look explosive at the end of the first half. They did score ten points inside the two minute warning. Did that give you hope at least for the rest? Well, of that the- was when that was when they had well, there are explosive players. You have Tony, you have Hardman, uh, I think Rasheed Rice. Those are the three players that I think are really have the capability of being really good. I think Valdez Scantling, he's very inconsistent. I think um, Sky Moore hasn't somehow he just hasn't caught on. Yeah, system or something. He just hasn't done anything. Justin Watson, I think we, I think I mentioned this to you maybe a couple days ago. He is the Daniel Sorensen of the offense right now in that he can occasionally make a spectacular big play or be in the right place at the right time, mm. but all too often he is the victim of or you know of he, he does something awful that causes the other team. Uh, to gain a huge advantage, so he'd be, you know, he could be picked on, and and um, so I, I, and not just because they're, well, maybe it's because they're kind of little white guys out there, but they, they seem they have that same kind of um quality to them. Like there's the occasional spectacular play, but then there are a lot of big misses that they have. And... But he does seem to be open a fair amount, though. Like, he he does seem to find his way open. But do you think that's because he's drawing the weakest defender as who is actually, like, you know, tracking him on the field? Or it's just that, well, we could, other teams just say, well, we can let Justin Watson beat us. Let's let him be open, and we'll cover the other guys more closely. And But if so... he caught more passes, do you think they'd actually start covering him like... He's a you know not just Watson now, but a you know a you know league at least average receiver. Maybe yeah, it's hard to say. And again, maybe you could say maybe Justin Watson is good at getting maybe, or maybe you could say Justin Watson's greatest skill is getting open. Yeah, but once he's open, he can't necessarily catch the ball very well, or yeah. he runs a good route, but he's not consistent. If he was targeted eleven times, Mahomes. I mean, he must be finding him open. Like, he would yeah, I don't. You, you wonder why is Mahomes targeting him so much compared to these other guys? Because he's dropping the ball. He's he's missing it a lot. Like, he ran the wrong route sometimes. Like, so yeah. it's it's it was maddening to watch that second half because the defense played so well and they got kind of screwed on a couple of calls where they could have done even better. But the Chiefs should have scored thirty points easily. I yeah. think without those drops and well, it was minimally six more points if they didn't have those two red zone yeah. turnovers they would have at least had field goals if not touchdowns at least six more points yeah. maybe 14 but yeah and well they also you know the drops you could say well um a couple of those drops ended drives that were going to be in field goal range there was a you know that touch the touchdown that was dropped you know the fourth down you know play was dropped you know, another there was an, also an Andy Reid decision to kick to punt on the thirty-nine yard from the thirty-nine yard line, and that went into the end zone because of Watson. But like, why punt? Just go for it. The defense has yeah. been playing well. You know, or kick a fifty-six yarder. Maybe it's rainy and windy, so maybe not. But like, just go for it. Yeah. I think again, Mahomes. He played at times brilliantly. I thought last night. Mm-hmm. He's he had some really good throws. He scrambled pretty well. That one at the sideline was particularly good. Where he kind of tiptoed up the sideline, but 
He had that one bad. He had that one bad interception, but other than that, he played pretty well. Yeah, that that the um, intentional grounding call was uh, kind of a killer at the end, though. Well, he was going to get sacked anyway, and it would have been the same spot. So uh, it, it forced him to call their timeout and uh, to keep from the runoff. Uh, I guess. But that would have we would have had to see have seen. It still would have been a fourth and twenty five anyway. But and they made it, and they made the fourth, and they made the twenty five if they had been, simply caught the ball. Yes, right. Like, <sighs> no, there was a lot of very frustrating things there. Yeah, officiating still, I think, is terrible. I don't know that they, you know, lost the game on officiating, but I think the league has a serious problem with officiating and what what is and is not grounding and stuff like that is and just simple things like holding that are yeah. in some cases they call holding when it's ticky tack but in some cases they don't call it when it's, it's egregious and very obvious so just let it go yeah yeah and so it's it's i and i and i think it's just it's inconsistent i think it's just in some ways inconsistency and incompetence and this idea that, that nfl officials are not they still aren't full-time they only work part of the year as yeah uh officials maybe you know they should maybe these people you know because lots of these guys are like oh they're we're doctors in the off season or we're you know we have these like why do you have to have those guys be the official why not have people who are trained and just do that do that full time and you know again you might lose some of the officials because they want to keep their other their day jobs but like i think you could get in I don't, I don't I don't think it's like well we have the cream of the crop right now but I think it's just that well we we don't attract people in some ways because you know they could easily have schools and trainings for uh officials and they have you know I would say if if they had like open tryouts and like you know saw like raw skill they could develop you know uh officials in the way that you know I guess they have the idea is that well uh, um, officials come from go through high school and then college and then up to the pros or something like that but i it doesn't seem like a like a smart way to develop um that kind of person yeah. because that's something you teach and that's something that i think a former players should be included yeah. as as officials i don't think there are really any former players that are um, not, not, I mean, not that I know. Former anyway. NFL players that are officials, which I think is a little strange. And that's that way in baseball too, and stuff like that. Why aren't there more people who have played like at a high level who you would think would, you know, they're analysts and things like that. So if they can, if they can understand the rules and things like that, why or or be managers? Why can't they be um, officials? Is it, maybe it's just that people think of them as cops so they don't want to they don't want to go from one side to the other maybe yeah, i don't know but it would make the league better if there were more yeah like the league, the rules would be interpreted in a more you know sense making quality yeah, you could say like well this is this is this, this shouldn't be a penalty because he could there's no way he could have held up on this because you know physically what each player is capable of and and what they're not or like you can or maybe you could spot like the tells a little bit better than somebody like if you had played defensive back you'd probably or wide receiver you'd probably be able to call it better but maybe the maybe it's maybe they think it's an issue of bias or something like you played for these teams before you're going to call 
but that's well, another that, thing. Maybe maybe there actually is some kind of like unwritten rule about that because of potential bias. But, but then you also... schedule them to play games against your yeah. former team or your former rivals. But officials are from places that have teams too that they probably grew up watching the you know there's some <laughs> head referee from Philadelphia. Of course, he might he might be a little on the side of the Eagles uh, if he plays, you know, is, is or, you know, guy from Kansas City would be on the Chiefs side. So like it, I think I read an, I was, I read an article, I heard something about, they thought, well, that um, there is hometown bias on the part of officials already in the league. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Do we, any other, any other Chiefs stuff? I, I think I, I don't, I don't want to keep. Well, are, are you worried about them now? Or, are you, or do you think it's the same as it was before? Or I was worried about them for several weeks now. Yeah. I think it's the same as it was. I think in so some ways I'm less worried. Is, is where? Well, I'm in some ways, ironically, I'm a little less worried about them this week than I was last week because. I know they as like I know they can compete with the best team. The Eagles are one of the best teams in the league, top five at least, maybe the best team. And the Chiefs should have beaten them um, had they had normal play from the wide receiver position. So, yeah. So it's one of those things where the, even a bad game, they still only barely lose to a really good team. It was at home. But the conditions weren't great, and there were all these other, you know, other circumstances that Taylor Swift was not there. You know, that's probably had an effect. Yeah, I, I, I still were. I still think the Chiefs should be much better than they are. So that's the problem. But I think they can still compete and possibly win the Super Bowl. But they should be a team that because they have Patrick Mahomes and they should have a receipt, couple receivers that are decent. And if they have that, they have an advantage over every team. And now they have a good defense. So like, they should yeah. be head and shoulders above the league yeah but so panic level say a five point scale one being the lowest level of panic five being the most panicked where are you right now i'm a two or three somewhere in that range um and because i think they'll make the playoffs but i'm not sure how far they'll go if they keep relying again. You have to keep if you keep relying on your defense to win games, you're not going to win as many games as if you rely on your offense to win games. Yeah. And I liked it better when the Chiefs had an offense and no defense than a defense and no offense. Yeah. And there's no and there's less of a reason the Chiefs should have no offense because yeah. they have a guy who's the best player at his position in the league. Yeah. Maybe at any position in the league, uh, depending on the way, the way you slice it. But yeah, it's the defense has been really great. I think Spagnuolo, in some ways, Spags is kind of. It seems like he's got the team that he wanted, uh, that could play the way he wanted. And before that, he didn't quite have those pieces. Like it's like he is one of those people that seems like he doesn't scheme for the players he has. He schemes for the players he wants. Yeah, and and now he has, and he the players he has he wanted. So he's really good with those guys like maybe he was with the giants when they beat you know tom brady in the super bowl and stuff so um yeah i how about you where would you rate on the one to five worry scale i'm still very very low like maybe maybe even you know nearly down to one still because it's you know like you said they they played the nfl's best team 
by record this week they should have won the game and there was like a you know a lot of other circumstances that probably led to the game being more competitive than it should have been uh but you know like i think i said last week you know until the chiefs are down by 14 points in a playoff game i don't care like this is their playoff team we know that they can win playoff games we know they bring it to a different level when it gets to the playoffs i don't know why there's any concern at this point of the year i guess you just think it has to come to an end at some point yeah and you and you think well the offense is at least going to be good and it hasn't been good and yeah but but it hasn't no been points in the second half and that's like this supposed to be like that's when Mahomes shines it's in the second half when it really counts but now it's but i think Mahomes is fine like he's he's still making accurate passes they're like on the hands of his receivers who just are not catching the ball and i don't think there's anything else he can do just as long as he doesn't change his his uh mentality or be or start to be afraid of throwing the ball because he doesn't think his receivers are going to catch it then it becomes riskier and like his chance of injury is going to go up. That's true. But in some ways, when he scrambles, he's even more effective than when he's been throwing, especially this year that he's been throwing it. Yeah. He's been getting, you know, he gets first downs most of the time when he scrambles. Yeah. He does he does it at the right time. Pacheco, you know, they can say, well, they're going to give run the ball more. Pacheco's been really good on the ground. Yeah. You know, they did he, kind of like get away from the run as the game went on. <laughs> Well, they, they got away from throwing it Everything. to the good players, and they also got away from running it. They, they just said, well, let's just chuck it to MVS a lot, and we'll, we'll throw it to Justin Watson a lot. Yeah. Or, yeah, I I, I, I just didn't. Yeah. I think just take what, take what you get and, you know, what they give you and then go from there. And... But maybe they're just saying, well, we don't want to – because we think we're going to play the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. next. Uh, we don't want to show them anything else. That I think that. that I think is a factor. And I think that's too much of a factor because I think I don't know if, if it really matters. Yeah. I guess you know the corn dog play did fool them, but like if you if you can just beat a team easily, by we playing, haven't seen anything like that fun like that this really this year. Yeah, have we? Have we seen any of those crazy? No, I think that was a lot of that was being. I think a lot of that was being enemy. Yeah, the enemy liked the old timey stuff. He liked. Yeah. I don't know if Nagy does all of that. Yeah, because I think Reed is busy with things. I don't know. I don't know if Nagy's the researcher that the enemy was. Maybe that's why. Maybe the season's been a little tougher to watch is because it just says it's lacks that that uh, fun element that, that we're just kind of as that extra zing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's why this season seems more of a struggle than before. It's like maybe maybe they aren't having quite as much fun. Well, they aren't scoring as many points, so it is fun to score a lot of points. And, and when you score more points, you can you know kind of do crazier things because you're scoring points, right? And you aren't like saying, "Well, we're going to score thirty points this game, so we can, you know we could try whatever." Because even if we screw this up, we'll still score thirty points. But yeah, we're only going to be able to score twenty four points this game. We need to get all those points, or else we're not only going to score seventeen points this game. We might not win the game, yeah. and that's what—that's where we are right now. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about it on a, on a better note? You want to talk about our our, our picks, our locks of the week? They we yes. both ended up uh, doing better than the Chiefs. We were we were uh, each two and one, I believe. And neither was bet on the Chiefs. 
Neither was bet on the Chiefs. <laughs> well, we did bet on the Chiefs on the big board, but we we got swept. Yeah. Out, uh, you were at least got the under right on that game. I got the. I was thinking. I was thinking it was going to be over, and in some ways, it probably should have been over. Had the Chiefs, <laughs> it should have been over. <laughs> so it ended up sinking us too, because I think we both had a chance to end up positive on the big board. Had the Chiefs won uncovered, but. Yeah, we're both being negative this time, but but in our locks, our locks, we're still, we're you you've broken you above five hundred now. I'm I've stayed above five hundred. Um, how about you want to talk about your first lock of the week, Doctor Scout? Sure. Yeah. What, what do we want to do? Do we get the losses out of the way, or what's what's your preferred way to do? Or just go in the order we did. Well, you, you can lock. get the losses out of loss out of, loss out of the way. That's yeah. good. My uh, my first pick was uh, that was the loss anyway. It was uh, I had Seattle minus one at the Rams, and that ended up going the other way. The Rams ended up winning by one point in a very boring uh, game that uh, I think was a late field goal too, wasn't it? That yeah, I put the Rams. Yeah. The yeah, so I think, yeah, the Rams ended up winning uh 17-16 I needed Seattle to win by a point by more than a point so I and there Seattle had a chance to kick a field goal and it missed that was it that's what it was yeah that was a game actually that I bet and I ended up getting it right that way on the big board I went against your lock um it's your fault is what you're saying so it is my fault you willed it to happen yeah, I guess I just don't because I don't Thanks, trust Seattle man. on the road in a divisional game as oh. much. So that was part of it. Uh, but yeah, I would. But you know, that wasn't that. I could have gone either way. That was very close. My my loss was also very close. It it hinged on a drop, not dissimilar from um, Marquez Valdez Scantling's drop. That was oh yeah, uh, <laughs> brought down into the knee, and then the and then the ball went. If Johnston, Quentin Johnston's uh, uh, drop against the uh, it was the Chargers. They were favored by three points. They lost to Green Bay on the road. I think they lost by three. Had they scored a touchdown though at the last drive, they would have uh, kicked an extra point probably and won by four uh, and covered. So that was a big loss. They should have, you know, they should they have no. The Chargers are really, you know, in some ways one of those teams that's on paper is almost as good as the Chiefs, but doesn't nearly doesn't ever seem to play up to their potential so and that's been the way probably the last 20 years for the chargers it seems like they're you know oftentimes the leaders in the offseason it seems like they're going to be the prediction is to win the afc west the last couple of years since the chiefs have won it so many times they haven't been but um you know that was frequent when the, the chargers were were picked uh to win but you know they Find Nick, ways to lose and find ways to lose. Nick Bosa now is, uh, I mean, uh, Joy Bo- Joy Bosa is is hurt. Got to be injured, but into the IR, I guess too. Yeah, hurts foot. So, um, yeah, Mike Williams has been hurt already. Ke- uh, Keenan Allen was banged up, but he played pretty well. Uh, but yeah, it was, yeah, Herbert. You know, seems like he played fairly well too, but not in the right, not at the right time, and he couldn't overcome some of these miscues. So yeah, so the Chargers because I had been doing pretty well betting against Green Bay, but I couldn't get by the Chargers bad luck. So that was uh the Chargers minus three was uh not only lost uh the spread but also lost 
the money line, which I would have picked the Chargers to win that game too. So what was what was the final on that one? I believe that they lost was 23-20 Packers. 23-20, yeah. So they lost by three. So it could have ended up 27-23 very easily. And I would have which would have been a perfect week. Yeah, it would have been three and out for the week, but that was not to be. It did. Um, how about so? Let's 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 uh, abandon these these losses now and talk about our wins, which are uh, more plentiful and more fun to discuss. How about your first victory for your locks of the week? First victory was the uh, Cowboys Panthers. I had Cowboys minus ten and a half, one of the larger spreads of the week. Uh, the game was pretty uneventful. Uh, Cowboys ended up leading wire to wire final score is 33 10 it was close for a while it didn't look like they were going to cover for most of the game though and then they really broke it open in the at, towards the end yeah another pick six and uh for another a, pick six fourth pick six of the season for, yeah, for, for one player for bland yeah for he was yeah he's not having a bland year he's having a spicy year to say the least, uh, especially with Trayvon Diggs out, that that really helps uh, the secondary uh, for Dallas. But yeah, um, yeah. So that was that was a big spread that you predicted correctly. One of my other wins was a big spread up that that was predicted correctly by me. And that was Las Vegas. They were plus eleven and a half uh, when I made the bet. I think they actually went up maybe to twelve and a half or thirteen uh, against uh, the Dolphins, who, like the Chiefs, are having a little bit of trouble on offense now uh some trouble scoring points and uh they only eked out a 20 to 14 victory which also could have been won by the raiders uh at the end uh but they threw an interception in the end zone so uh did aiden o'connell so uh but yeah it was 20 to 14 right same score as the 2013 2013 it was 20 to third okay i was thinking it's 20 to 14 was the same it would have been the same score as the uh Chiefs Dolphins when the Chiefs had 20 and the Dolphins had 14, but this was this was 20 to 13. But it could have been, you know, could have, you know, the Raiders could have won that game. So I was correct there keep thinking the Raiders would keep it close and they did. So I was happy about that. Yeah, the final line was 14 and a half. So 14 and a half. So we would have liked that one even better, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Had had points to to spare there even. I did. I didn't I didn't pick that one right at the right time, but I did pick my last block at the right time, which I am. Should I? Do you want to talk about your third first? Go for it. You're, you're, you're last block of the week was I was continuing with Pittsburgh. Uh, it was Pittsburgh plus four at Cleve at Cleveland. I believe Deshaun Watson was still possibly going to play when I when when the when uh, the line was plus four. Uh, then of course. Uh, Watson was ruled out for the season with a fracture in his shoulder. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is the new quarterback, and I think the line went down to Pittsburgh, maybe plus one or maybe even a pick on it. Uh, and uh, Pittsburgh ended up losing thirteen to ten, but they covered that four points. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh. So you know, you've you've really been, uh, you've been vexed, flummoxed. Uh, as we yes. talked about last week, uh, 
by uh, the Steelers' success. This time it kind of came to an end. They couldn't even beat uh, the Browns without uh, their quarterback, but they lost 13 to 10 in the last on the last second field goal. It looked like that game might even end up at a tie. How terribly it was being played. I, I was the game that I watched. Uh, being I was in Pittsburgh, uh, so I watched it on on TV uh, for the early as one of the early games. But 13 to 10, but it was plus four, so I got I covered by one point in that game. So what made it more frustrating for me, at least on our on our big board, was the line had moved by the time we locked our uh, lines uh, for the large for our you know larger betting scheme. And uh, it ended at only plus one and a half for Pittsburgh. So we did not cover. I went with Pittsburgh. I, I'm like the, you know. If you I did too, yeah. Join them mentality because I'm tired of losing on Pittsburgh. I, you know, bet on Pittsburgh being able to cover that one and a half point difference and and then lost. Yeah, I thought Pittsburgh would cover the four with Watson. And then I thought they'd win outright probably without Watson. Yeah. And that didn't end up happening. But I did make the bet at the right time. Get the, got the best number for that one. Uh, so I was two and one on the on uh, this week. How about your th- uh, third and, bet? And, and then the week ended then with Pittsburgh ended up firing their offensive coordinator too. That candidate got fired. Yeah, uh, he had been kind of much maligned in uh, Pittsburgh this year, especially. So they got rid of him. So you know, just this is the second. AFC contenders offensive coordinator to be fired in, in two weeks. Uh, Ken Dorsey was fired from Buffalo. And now we have Matt Canada fired from uh, Pittsburgh. Do you think Pittsburgh's going to be better, come out better next week? Maybe, maybe, maybe my betting. I'm not actually sure that the coordinator is necessarily the problem. It seems like their quarterback may be more of an issue than. Yeah. Coordinator, but you know, a good maybe the coordinator, a different coordinator may make some changes that could make make maybe pick it look a little better. But I'm not sure that it's going to make any difference at all. I don't, I don't know. But speaking of bad quarterback play, uh, do you know that Tommy DeVito, the much maligned uh, quarterback for the Giants, who's who's been thrust into starting? Yeah, has more multi-touchdown games than Kenny Pickett. I heard, I heard that in his career. He's played three games and and he's got, but he started three games and he has two games where he's thrown at least two touchdown passes. I believe I believe Kenny Pickett only has one such game where he's thrown two or more played touchdowns over a full season now at this point. Yes, yes, yeah, that's not good. Well, and maybe it's Matt Canada's fault. So maybe let's say, let's if. If we see uh, Pickett, because he's got two really good receivers, two two wide receivers who are better than any of the Chiefs' wide receivers, I would think yeah. you would say Deontay Johnson and and and, uh, um, George. and George Pickens, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So he, they should be better, right? But they are, and 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 famously, George Pickens was available, I believe, when Sky Moore was picked, or they went back. Maybe they, but they got an extra player by taking Sky Moore, so maybe that ends up being kind of a wash. But Pickens yeah. would look pretty good as the uh, Pickens and Rice together probably look pretty good as wide receivers. Yeah, the Chiefs, but maybe they're more of the same player. But that's neither here nor there. How 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 yeah? How about your uh, third 
Uh, my third pick uh, was one that uh, I had to sweat out for the last nearly entire quarter of the game. I had uh, Tampa, San Francisco at under 41 and a half points. And let's see. Because uh, San Francisco ended up scoring a touchdown uh, G- 45, 44 seconds into the fourth quarter to make a 27-14, Mike. Uh, yeah, that was 41. And, which is 41. So I've got a half point to spare. And the next three drives that Tampa had ended uh, a, a turnover on down. First was a turnover on downs at the 12-yard line. The San Francisco's 12. Uh, mm-hmm. And then an interception in the end zone. And then uh, turnover on downs, like around midfield or so. Uh, and and that was uh, effectively a... in the game anyway. So, but having to sweat out the last 14 minutes plus uh, with zero room for error on that one. Uh, half point clear of the 41 and a half point under. I went with that. I went with that on the big board just like you did. So we, I guess I wasn't paying him that much. It was just one of my many, many bets for that. So I wasn't paying as close attention to what <laughs> happened there. But it would have been. That was happening like at the same time as uh, the Seattle Rams game. And that was like, uh, you know, also close. It's like maybe I could steal both of these if the if the Seattle can end up like kicking the field goal to win the game. But uh Got one, drop the other one. Yeah. Would you have been more frustrated had you had the over in that game and sure. not gotten any points? <laughs> yes, having 14 minutes to get a single point and getting no points. So that would have been that especially would've... when when lots of points had been scored prior to that. Yes, right, 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 exactly. Yeah, so our was... weeks um, ended what mirrored two and one games uh your uh current total now is 18 and 15 on the season mike plus 300 bucks i'm now uh 200 bucks behind you one win 17 16 is my record plus 100 on the big board neither of us did terribly well this week we were both finishing with less than uh money than when we started mild losses not terrible we've had much worse weeks We've had worse weeks. I've lost about 450 bucks. You lost about $320. So you're still up on the season. I am way low on the season. So I think my betting strategy, it seems like is clearly not volume. Do it more targeted. Yes. Um, Winning record on your locks, but overall in the negative so overall the negative eight yeah so a little bit above so if i want to keep i want to keep seeing if i can stay above 500 in the locks and if i can even you know get up to maybe 60 percent or something like that that would be really good and would maybe uh make me feel good about maybe making an occasional bet uh but not i even if i had a lot of money the volume betting would not well if i had if i had enough money for the volume betting not even matter i probably would but um yeah if, if i you know, you wouldn't if, care about the losses, just bet just because it's fun. Yeah. This is, yeah, then I'd just be an inveterate degenerate. Yeah. But if I had a lot of money, like Michael Jordan or something, maybe, maybe, uh, I wouldn't be like Michael Jordan in betting that compulsively. And I'd still probably only bet a hundred bucks on each game, uh, something like that. And yeah. On average, probably 
usually turned out about even, even if I lost a few, a little bit, but yeah. Um, any other games last week that you wanted to comment on before we move on to week 12 or it was another kind of a mess week though, really like there were some games that really didn't make a lot of sense. And then there were other games that were just boring. Did we talk about Joe Burrow getting injured? I guess we we didn't have that last because we knew that he his that he was shaking his wrist, right? And that was that was about all we knew though, I guess, right? Yeah, so you know oh, that was during that was in the Thursday game. The Thursday night game, yeah. We we, was, we didn't so know. We, we haven't talked about Joe Burrow. I guess that's the biggest story. Yeah. We we had thought that maybe Buffalo had a harder chance of making the playoffs than did the Bengals, but now it seems like it's probably the opposite because the Bill, Bills won after firing Ken Dorsey. They played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um and they actually score uh, one of the touchdowns was scored by Ty Johnson, who is a, a kind of was a practice squad running back for the Bills. He had played for the Jets. He had played for the Lions. He actually is from uh, Cumberland, Maryland. Uh, so he is the local uh, NFL hero. I saw him not this past year, but the year before at the annual July 4th soapbox derby race. Uh, he was he was walking around. Uh, so nice. I am a proud possessor also of one of his autographed rookie cards, uh, Ty Johnson. Did That's you get probably... that autographed there or did you like, acquire it? Was, the... I, I got it on eBay for like a few bucks. Oh, okay. Um, and it's worth maybe a few bucks. Uh, <laughs> but maybe after, maybe to Buffalo fans, after, uh, if he gets some heroics, I can, uh, you yeah. know, make some more, make, make some quick cash on, on these uh, football cards investments. Not really investments, but anyway. Um, but yeah. That was so. I guess those were those were two of the big stories. Um, how about how about the uh, Bears being the first team ever to drop a game, being plus three in the turnover margin, and possessing the ball for more than forty minutes? <laughs> well, if anybody's going to do it, I guess it's the Bears. So, yeah. um, and they had a twelve point lead. I think with four like four minutes to go. Yeah, and... they lost. They lost by five. So, <laughs> yeah. wasn't they lost by? Just barely, you know, they lost by you know they needed they would have needed a touchdown at the end. So, so yes, Detroit scored seventeen to uh, seventeen nothing run at the at the end of the game. Yeah, ouch. The Bears did cover, which I had predicted. The Bears to keep it close, uh, so that was good. But I thought the Bears were going to win outright that game. It seemed like most of the game, uh, but the Lions ended up coming back. Um, were you su- yeah the. There were a lot of maybe other surprises. I thought I thought um, the the Giants winning over Washington was a uh, and that was another game that that uh, the team that lost had a much better much better stats, but six turnovers. Uh, yeah. Yes, six like six. six turnovers. This is a lot. Well, the Chiefs had five against Denver. Yeah. So. How about that Denver Minnesota game between two of the hotter teams in the league? Yeah, it seemed like Minnesota kind of turned into the Chiefs. They had a great first half and were gone in the second half. Uh, ended up losing by basically the same score, so it was kind of the same. Dobbs looked really good at at, at times, uh, but then Denver pulls it out. But also Denver pulled it out because they had receivers who could catch the ball. 
uh, Cortland Sutton made that big catch at the end, yeah. just like Devontae Smith made his big catch at the end. So it was similar in a lot of ways that game. Yeah. Where maybe the better team didn't win. Yeah. When you say that about Denver, though, they they, they tend to drag the opponents down with them. Into the muck. Yes. Who knows what's going to happen. Speaking of of muck, should we talk about the Royals briefly? Yes. Deep into the muck. The Kansas City Royals. The Royals who may have a third new a third downtown a third new stadium site at the site of the Kansas City oh, right. Star yeah. building. Do you think that would be a better place than either of the current options? I think it's a better site than the East Village site because the stadium could actually face downtown on the south side of downtown, which is where the Casey Star building is now. If if they've situated it so it is facing from home plate to center field is north, then the downtown skyline is there. Uh, yeah. But where the East Village site will not be featured in mm-hmm. the skyline at all. Uh, for yeah. the so um, I think from that perspective, it's it's probably good, but I think yeah, there I think there are some big positives for it from the team perspective is that there's already a planned uh, park to be built over the uh, the uh, highway that runs just north of the stadium site. And there are already apartment buildings across that street too. So they don't have to build the entire entertainment district if they choose that location. And it's, I think it's probably also clo- maybe close enough to the Sprint Center that you could say it connects it. It would be sort of, yeah, catty corner yeah, across the street from the Sprint Center. So it's everything there would be very nearby. I think it's a good choice for sites, but I don't. It, I don't think it's that big though either. I'm not sure that the whole stadium fits. Well, it seems like they might even have to take down the old Star Building. To be, oh, they're like, definitely taking down the Star Building. But, oh, well, I mean, both of the, like, both of the Star Buildings, the brick one, the old brick one, and the newer. I one think they have to. Which would be kind of as sad. I mean the the current, well, the newer of the Casey Star Buildings, you know, is not occupied now. It still has the printing presses; they're still there, but the Paper is not being printed there any longer, so it is vacant now mm. and essentially unusable because no one, no, there's no newspaper that's going to take it over to no, use. There's no press. local Gutenberg that needs the uh, giant printing presses not that I'm aware of. You think maybe maybe Hallmark could use something like uh, right, but they're probably built specifically for newspapers, and you'd have to really definitely a newspaper to retool them and. You couldn't yeah. like just turn them into like greeting card uh, printers or something. Probably not. Yeah, which is really unfortunate that you know that building's not that old. No, it is also hideous though because of that stupid copper finish they put on buildings that I absolutely hate. Is it green? Is that it what is color? Fully green now. Yeah, it wasn't green initially, but it yeah. what happens to buildings that use copper? copper. Statue of Liberty style. I, I I hate it. I cannot stand it at all. When I first saw the the building going up, it's like, oh no. Why are you doing this to City Skyline? <laughs> well, it won't be whatever stadium it is won't be ready for several years. Yeah. It seems like maybe the Royals made a trade that also won't pan out for a or couple of years. In that they traded Jackson Coer for uh 
Kyle uh, Wright. Kyle, Kyle Wright on the uh, Atlanta Braves, who won 22 games, I think, in 2022. Uh, he's, though, injured, and he won't play at all next year, probably, because he has to have surgery on his shoulder or his arm, some some part of his throwing part of the body. And yes. <laughs> so he won't be ready until 2024. Does that mean do – you, so do you like that trade, A? Uh, and B, do you think that just means the Royals are thinking that 2024 is the year they'll be competitive and, and – or 2025, excuse me, 2025, won't play in 2024. 2025 is the year they'll be competitive, and next year is just going to be a another kind of let's see what we got year. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that they had that Jackson Coar was going to be anything. He's had a couple of unsuccessful stints with the Major League Club already. Yeah, he had really high hopes when they drafted him. Improvement from what we had seen. It's like, you know, being able to trade something that probably – didn't wasn't considered a trade asset i guess is a good thing but you know this is also being traded for something that isn't considered valuable because he's going to miss an entire season so i don't know why atlanta would really want to get rid of him because they could just stash him on the uh 60 day injured list as soon as the season starts yeah do but uh i don't know either it's i mean that's what the royals are going to end up doing so I don't know. I don't know what the point of it is, really. Well, so, I, I guess know. you think you could buy. This is the ultimate buy low time. So if you think he can come back and be really good, it's a bargain. Yeah, it's risky. So maybe this is maybe the type of choice these worlds need to make are risky ones, or maybe uh, that they can you know need a lottery ticket here and there to to cash. So yeah, I you know so I guess that means that the worlds probably won't be that good next year, but surely we would hope that they improve on their fifty six and one hundred six season right when hopefully 70 ish games i was i think i would hope yeah a full season of cole reagan's maybe some other guys are coming back um Grace singer maybe we'll figure it out the, the lineup is looking fairly strong more solidified maybe more seasoned yeah uh, it's still and I don't know that this trade even really signifies that they're not planning on being competitive this is just kind of like moving a piece that wasn't didn't have value for something that has future future value not immediate but future value yeah so I don't I don't yeah I don't know I don't think it means anything right now <laughs> we're gonna have to wait at least an entire year to find out if it's valuable or not that's true But I, I mean, I guess it can't be negative unless Coar ends up like winning a Cy Young or something next year. <laughs> you think that's you think that's in the cards? No, I don't think so. So not a not risky then is what you're saying. I don't think so. But and also it's one of those things where maybe a change of scenery, change of scenery might do Coar good and yeah. wish him well. I guess so. Absolutely. Uh, I I wish. Uh, our, the two of us well in our in our predictions for uh for next week uh should we talk about week 12's matchups maybe maybe we'll, do you want you want to make our our locks of the week first and then maybe talk about the chiefs uh raiders uh game or do you want to talk about the chiefs raiders and then do locks of the week uh let's see let's maybe let's talk about the chiefs first so the chief uh the chiefs are favored i think by nine and a half points yeah it's big in Las Vegas, does that seem a little odd? Seems a little high. I don't know. Uh, 
what about the Chiefs' recent performance would justify that large of a spread? I mean, I still may bet it anyway, but <laughs> I guess we'll find out. The it's Chiefs not like to score points more. against the Raiders. They don't mind playing the, you know, pulling out the bag of tricks. That was the uh, Snow Globe uh, game. Yeah, you know, they scored a ton of points against the Raiders in Las Vegas last year. It will be essentially a Chiefs home game, probably. So, yeah, maybe that's why. Are Are you going? Are you going to fly down there? I'm not going to Vegas, uh, unfortunately, but um, I will try to watch the game if I can. Yeah, I'll probably visit my nearest Buffalo Wild Wings to watch it because, or someplace like that, because. Um, it's not going to be. It's not going to be the national TV game at. at no, because uh, get Buffalo Philly at the same time. Yeah, and featured afternoon slot. Yeah, so the Chiefs' afternoon slot is not going to. They're not going to be the national. They're not going to be the, the the number one draw. So I'm going to have to go somewhere because I all the apps that I have, um, I can only watch the local. Get blocked teams. out for everything else. Yeah, so I have to go to a NFL Sunday ticket place, and that's usually a bar or a restaurant. So. Yeah, and I have points at Buffalo Wild Wings that I can continue to rack up, so I can maybe get free stuff. There you go. So, because there's one, in, there's one in Cumberland, there's one in near Cumberland, so I go, to, I go there if I can't see the Chiefs. Usually, it's like the one sports bar. I went to a different sports bar in Cumberland um, for the Super Bowl last year, and they actually, they actually closed during the Super Bowl. They didn't stay open the entire it was a Sunday night. I guess their people wanted to go home. There weren't many people watching the game. And so <laughs> we had to find, we had to actually go to Wild Wings because they kicked us out of uh, shooters uh, during the Super Bowl. It wow. was at, ha- they, at halftime. They, they said, well, we're closing. And like, what? You know, it's a bar with TVs and they're closing at halftime during the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah, it seemed insane. You weren't ordering enough drinks, I guess, is what that means. I guess not. We were, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was strange. That's weird. That is, that they, is crazy. I think they normally close at eight or nine. It starts later in the East Coast. So like maybe they close at eight or nine, usually on Sunday nights. But you would think, well, the Super Bowl is a different animal. And it's the bar. Yes. You know? But yeah, no, they didn't, they didn't That's change. Crazy. So there's like two or three places that would have like a good sports bar atmosphere in the Cumberland, uh, maybe four places that I can think of in the Cumberland Frostburg area. Um, so, so now do you uh, no longer frequent shooters because of that experience? I haven't gone to shooters since then. See? And, but sometimes I would kind of like to because they have cheap old German there. They had 99 cent drafts of old German beer, which is one of, which is the, formerly local Cumberland brew, which I really enjoy. It's like a it's like a PBR, a hams type of uh lager, but I like it better than those. Uh it's 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 really good. If uh, next time I come to uh Kansas City, I'll I'll bring you some old German and then yes. we can we can try it out and see if we like it. It's a little bit like uh, if you've also another Maryland beer, National Bohemian or Natty Bow as they call it in uh uh the Baltimore area. Um Nice. It's pretty good too. I like natural bohemian, and they each have kind of cool mustachioed uh, mascots. There's one. I think the Natty Bow one actually has a monocle, and the other one is in uh, the the German is wearing later hosen. Uh, so uh, 
they're both pretty good. So I, I would encourage our viewers or listeners, if they aren't from uh, Maryland, to look up the National Bohemian logo and also the old German logo and uh, find out. But the old German now is made in Pittsburgh. It's made by the same people that make Iron City beer or IC, as they call it in, in Pittsburgh, or IC Light, which is the most popular drink in Pittsburgh. Um, it's actually made in... Now, it's not made in Pittsburgh anymore. It's made in Latrobe, Pennsylvania at the old Rolling Rock Brewery. Yeah. Because Rolling Rock is now made in St. Louis by Anheuser-Busch. It was no, it's no longer made in the glass-lined tanks of old Latrobe. The um, carousel I, of, of breweries, then. You yeah, know. it is. You just rotate from one to the next, I guess. Huh? Yeah, yeah. But I like, yeah, so I like, I like a good... I like I, I like Iron City as well too, but I like I like uh, Old German and the National Bohemian probably, and then Iron City probably in that order. Those one two three, but they're all pretty good. Um, they Never tried like, any of those three. Yeah, they're, they're 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 kind of like yeah, like the kind of American light log, the American you know fizzy loggers that are uh, I don't know fizzy is quite the right word, but you know sudsy, uh, uh, bouncy kind of uh, easy drinking. Uh, I like to drink beer that uh, a laborer from about 60 years ago would drink. So that yes. makes me feel a little more more connected to history. More connected to yeah, the working class yeah. and uh, real average, real regular Joe's. That's why that's why hipsters drink PBR a lot. So yeah, hipster, I guess. But what I, I almost lost track of uh, what we were to oh, uh, the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs Raiders game. Um, the, the trip down beer memory lane was was pretty fun though. But um, yeah. how about so? Do you, yeah, the Chiefs by nine and a half seems a little crazy, but maybe this is where the Chiefs break out and they have a good offensive performance away from the you know the weather's not going to be rainy and cold. It's going to probably be pristine weather conditions in in Vegas. Maybe a little cool, but it's going to be um a nice atmosphere for throwing the ball i would guess so maybe maybe the chiefs will maybe the chiefs will score some points i hope they do um we want to talk about our locks or do you want to talk about the thanksgiving games first um yeah why don't we talk about thanksgiving games i think we're we were talking about maybe providing our leanings for these games yeah we're just going to take a take a look quick look at the lines and then say which way we were leaning one way or another these aren't going to be picks that are our locks of the week so do not take these as locks necessarily if they uh, are we'll, we'll talk about them later oh, oh that's interesting so uh we have three thursday night thursday games the two traditional games involve of course detroit lions at home and the dallas cowboys at home uh there's now all a rotating third uh uh, evening game on Thursday, and now again this year we've added a Black Friday game on Amazon uh, to watch. Uh, so uh, four four matchups. I guess let's go through them one by one quickly. Um, so we have Green Bay at Detroit, a matchup that usually is a green. We think of oh, uh, Thanksgiving Green Bay is the good team, Detroit's the bad team. But they're switched roles uh, this year. Yep. And Green Bay is uh, seven and a half point road underdogs to Detroit. Uh, and the over under is 46 and a half. Do you like uh, either 
one of those lines. Well, I mean, like typically, I like Detroit, but they, Detroit just struggled really heavily with the Bears, and the Green Bay seems to be playing teams close. So this may be one where I'd lean Green Bay covering the seven and a half point spread, but Detroit winning the game. Okay. That might be what I'd be looking at right now anyway. I'd probably take the under on that one, though. I like the under as well. I like the under. I am actually would lean uh, Detroit's way. Uh, so I would lean Detroit seven, minus seven and a half. Covering it and then winning. But I'm, I'm, I'm more of a waffler on the on the uh spread the over under i like the under more and it seems like we both like the under so yeah. uh, our, our bigger lean is towards the under we're kind of under as a group we're undecided uh on, on that one um washington dallas washington is uh, at dallas they are 10 and a half point road underdogs to the cowboys uh who do you like um, on the spread commanders or cowboys and it's an over under a 48 and a half, so even higher over under. That's a pretty high over. Uh, I think Dallas will probably score maybe a lot of points in this game, maybe defensively again. <laughs> maybe Bland will be adding to his record pick sixes for the season. Uh, I mean, especially after last week's uh, commander's turnover fest, that may continue <laughs> this week. That's true. Uh, but that could lead to a lot more points there, too. But I I mean, I don't think Dallas can have a problem covering the spread. They seem to be beating bad teams handily. Yeah. And uh, probably stick to the under on the over because it's such a high number, I think, this time. I lean, I, I would lean the exact same way. I would say I like Dallas plus, I like Dallas minus 10 and a half. It's a big spread, but I think Dallas seems to cover those big spreads usually. And I also like, um, I also like the under. So I, I, I would see like a 31-7 type of game. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Even 31-14 would give us the under yeah. and the and, and the victory. So I think Dallas so I think Dallas is going to score at least 30. You would think. So if they, if they keep um, they would have to keep Washington under 19 to win both the spread. If they score 30, exactly. To win both the spread and the over under, they would need to be thirty to eighteen. Would need to be uh, uh, the game. So that seems doable. It seems it seems doable to me as well. How about the late night uh, matchup? The the prime time matchup on on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night. We have San Francisco at the Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, San Francisco, despite being on the road, is favored by seven. And the over under is forty three and a half. Uh, which 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 way would you be leaning, Doctor Scaff? Uh I'm gonna stick with my uh, Purdy followings from the last I don't know season or so. Uh, perfect passer rating last week's game. It's pretty good. Yeah. And and the uh, Chase Young edition on defense it seems like they're not giving up a lot of points. There you go. Late, especially, they were able to hold on against Tampa last week to like keep the under. Uh, I think I'd stick with San Francisco minus seven and the under again at 43 and a half. And I like the under, so I think we're we're all under on these three. So I think we're strong under. I actually like uh Seattle to keep it close because it's a divisional game. I think it's gonna be hard fought. It's in Seattle. 
Um, I think uh, I think I just think that Seattle could maybe keep it close and maybe even eat out a victory at home when they're not expected to on a Thursday. Um, so, but I think, but I, I think I would, I would probably pick San Francisco to win, but I think it might be closer than seven. So that's, that's where I would go, but I'm reading the needle there on the, I like, yeah, I like the under like you do in that one. And then maybe let's talk, we can talk about the black Friday game. Sure. Between uh, the Miami uh, Dolphins and the New York Jets, Miami is favored on the road by nine and a half points, just like the Chiefs are favored on the road by nine and a half points. And the over-under is 41 in that game. So it's a lower over-under than we might expect for a Miami game, but the Jets have a hard time scoring points. Uh, so what do you like? Uh, Miami minus nine and a half, Jets plus nine and a half, or the over under and the over under is 41. This is the Jets uh, with new quarterback, sort of, Tim, Tim Boyle. Boyle. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson being demoted to QB3, apparently, with Trevor Simeon coming up. He got demoted to QB3 last year as well, if you remember Zach Wilson, from, from one to three. So it seems like when he gets demoted, he really gets demoted. Yeah. He doesn't get just become the backup. He becomes the backup's backup. The assistant to the assistant to <laughs> regional yeah, manager. Exactly. Uh, I think Miami's struggling a little bit, but it seems like I don't know how they're going to you know, not beat up on the Jets. Uh, I think I'm going to take Miami with the nine and a half points even. But that over-under, man, the Jets' defense is really strong. Well, they have been, at least anyway. Miami's offense doesn't seem to really care much about certain defenses, but they recently have not performed that well. So I might take the, I might stick with the under, actually, at 41. Maybe it may be like a 30 35 nothing type of game. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. I could also see a 35 to 7 and then it would kick over. Yeah, I actually like the great. over in that one and I but I also like Miami to win by uh nine, more than nine and a half. So, you know, I could see, you know, I guess the Buffalo Buffalo Jets game last week was 32 to 6. That would have only been 38. So that would have been under the 41. I think the Jets can score a few more points maybe with Boyle. So I could see them scoring. I I see them scoring ten, maybe. So maybe a thirty-four to ten type of game, and that would that would that would that would go over. So for for Miami, so I like my I like I like the over. I'm I'm. Yeah, I'm I'm more much more confident though. I like the Miami minus nine and a half. I think Miami's gonna kind of they've they've been struggling. I think they're gonna start trying to run up the score. Yeah. Um, on the Jets, so. I may waffle on that over under some more while I think about this more too, but I think I yes, yeah, these are ones that we may we may switch change our minds as we yeah, make. We're not, these are not our, our our final picks, but these are where we're leaning right now. And the the over unders and the spreads might change between now and later in the week when we actually make our picks. So uh, yeah. we're not locked into anything else, except we are locked into our locks of the week. Um, should, let's talk about our locks of the week, Doctor Scaff. Do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, my first pick. I've got um a game on the it's the Sunday night game. Uh, Baltimore at the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Baltimore is favored by four points on the road. 
And it seems like the Chargers have not been playing very well recently. Lots of drops last week, and now Bosa, like you've mentioned, is now going to hit the the uh, injured reserve. Uh, I expect Baltimore to cover the four point spread in this one. Nice, you think so? The Chargers' uh, woes will continue, probably lead to Brandon Staley's ouster by the end of the season. Seems that way. I think you would have fired him at the end of last season. I would have. I would have. Um, although it's, you, I've you heard seem like rumor. you would be right as of right now. <laughs> I've heard the rumor that if Bill Belichick leaves, he's going to be the new uh, Chargers coach. Switch coasts and become a Chargers coach. Yeah, he likes the California life. He likes and then like so they didn't know it would have Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and <laughs> Bill Belichick in the Bill same Belichick in the same division. Yeah, same division. And whoever the Raiders end, end up hiring. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, what legend will the Raiders have to hire? Hmm. Maybe Bruce Arians would come out of retirement again for that you know some some sort of some recently active but Super Bowl winning coach. You know you don't think they're going to try to like draw like a legend out of the booth or out of the uh, analyst box over at ESPN or one of the other uh, major networks, a Jimmy Johnson or a, Ooh, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Cower, a, a Bill Cower, yeah, perhaps that would be that would be something because that would be like the heaviest coaching division in the league, yeah. Far. Would it not? Yeah, or maybe Nick Saban trying to make a return to the NFL. Har- Harbaugh is probably headed back to the pros. Harbaugh had some good success in San Francisco, so yeah, that would be interesting. But it would take two really good coaches to be added to the division, and and from what it seems like, maybe the the Chargers and the Raiders don't always make the best hire. Don't always have the best hiring decisions. So. Um, so the Chargers, you think, are going to not cover against uh, the Ravens, even though it's at home. But as we know, a lot of those Chargers home games are away games, are, are kind of away games for them because the, the, the away teams bring so many fans in. Um, one of those teams that has historically brought a lot of fans uh, to Los Angeles to play the Chargers are the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm sticking with the Pittsburgh Steelers in my lock of the week. Um, they're favored by one and a half points over a burrowless Cincinnati, a Browning full Cincinnati. It seems like uh, he's going to be there. Although Joe Flacco has been, uh, is, is he brought in Cleveland? Was he, who is he brought into Cleveland or is he brought into Cincinnati? I can't, it was one of those. Um, I think it was Cleveland. Oh, it was Cleveland. It's not Cincinnati. Cincinnati did not. Okay. I think Flacco may have been, um, uh, I think they just brought him in for a workout, though. I don't know that they signed him, though. Have they? He does sign with the Browns. Yeah, he but, did, he did but uh, Thompson Robinson is going to start next week. Okay. It could be another Josh Dobbs situation, though, where uh, mm. he comes in if 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 uh, there's an injury or a problem. But yeah, I'm going with Pittsburgh minus one and a half over Cincinnati. It's at Cincinnati, but. Uh, I've been really good with betting Pittsburgh, and I think Pittsburgh's going to win. I think they're going to, you know, even if Pickett has been struggling, I think the firing of Canada might have the same result, at least initially, that the firing of Dorsey did for the uh, for the Bills. When you find somebody who's the fall guy, it doesn't really matter if it's his fault or not. Um, it seems like it's probably more Canada's fault than it was Dorsey's fault, given the, that I think the Bills' offense was still pretty good usually. Yeah. Um, 
So I like Pittsburgh minus one and a one one and a half over Cincinnati and Cincinnati. How about your second pick? Uh, my second pick, I guess, is your regional Sunday afternoon game, Buffalo at Philly. The line's pretty close on this one. It's three and a half points to Philly, uh, but the over-under number is pretty high at 48 and a half. Philly's got a really good defense. Buffalo's defense is all right, too. I don't see them getting over the 48 and a half points. I'm going to take the under in this game as my second lock of the week. Okay, I like... I, I like the under there too. Uh, my second lock of the week is 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 also with the over under. Uh, this is Cleveland Denver. Uh, Cleveland uh, at Denver. The over under is thirty five and a half. I think that's a little low. I think um, the twenty one twenty score that um, was was between Minnesota and Denver last week is probably more indicative of what's going to happen. Even though Cleveland doesn't have uh, Watson, I think Cleveland will score more points than they did against. Um, Pittsburgh, because I think Denver's defense is good, but they're not as good as Pittsburgh's defense. And I think Denver's offense is better than Pittsburgh's offense. So I think I I would say maybe a 20, I could even see as a 20, 21, 17, 24, 20 type of game. Um, I like Denver to win that game probably, but I think it's, I, I'm more confident that I think it'll be over uh, 35 and a half. Yeah. So another game that Denver may win that they don't deserve well cleveland doesn't deserve a lot of their wins either so (laughs) Uh, i root against cleveland more than i do any team simply because they got deshaun watson yeah that kind of skeezy way that they got him so yeah trading a lot and then paying a lot to get a guy that nobody wants nobody likes (laughs) yeah anything to win, well, I guess. Is what... And then ousting a guy that got him to the to a playoff run. Yeah. Who may lead another team to the playoffs this year, Tampa Bay. Right. All they have to do is win their division. So they just need the best of four lousy teams. And yeah. they can because New Orleans has been struggling so much. And I think Carolina is maybe even worse than we thought. And I think uh, Atlanta is probably about as bad as we thought. Going and they're into... going through what another quarterback change, too, because they like they... – Finally switched from Ritter to, to Heineke. To Heineke, and and I don't know. I don't. I haven't been following them as much, so I'm not sure how that change has affected the team. I don't think they were very good before. Oh, they had some fortunate wins early on. Yeah, and they haven't been very good since. Um, how about your third lock of the week? I think you were venturing into Thanksgiving games. I is am moving into the yeah the the late Thursday game. Uh, San Francisco, Seattle. I think. I think this is going to be a defensive kind of struggle type game. Uh, it's in Seattle. Maybe the weather. We think we say is going to be pretty cool, but maybe not rainy is what the expectation is at least as of now. Uh, I've got the under in this one at forty three and a half. Nice. I also am going to Thanksgiving for my third game of the week. I'm going to the early Thanksgiving game between Green Bay and Detroit. And I'm going under 46 and a half. That was where we were both leaning. Uh, but I like the I like the under there, under 46 and a half. I don't think Green Bay will score very many points. I think Detroit might score a, good, a decent amount, but I, I don't think um, Green Bay is going to score a lot. So I like, I like um, uh, especially I think Aaron Jones is still uh, – 
uh, not uh, is still un- is still injured or uh, not fully not healthy in any way. I think, yeah. So I, you know, I think he's a big part of their offense, and I don't think Love. I think the secondary for Detroit's pretty good, so I, I don't think Love will have a big passing game. So I, I think I like forty six and a half. Um, under 46 and a half for the for the total and, there. and it's in the short week and it seems like the defenses seem to be a little um you know like skewed towards the defense i guess for the thursday games like the offenses maybe don't have quite as much time to prep so maybe they're not quite as strong against the standard sort of defense but they're yeah, sometimes that works that way it's hard for those thanksgiving games and thursday games are always unpredictable but yeah, I, I I don't know. I like the I the under stuck out to me. It seems like it was a fairly high, forty six and a half is fairly high. So, um, yeah, those those so I like yeah Pittsburgh minus one and a half, Cleveland Denver over thirty five and a half, and Green Bay Detroit under forty six and a half. And then what were your three again, Doctor Scott? Um, Baltimore minus four at Chargers, uh, Buffalo Philly under forty eight and a half, and San Francisco. At Seattle, under forty three and a half. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Any any other games you're looking forward to on uh, the week twelve slate? Uh, some of the uh, there are some pretty mat like weird matchups this week that I know I don't want to watch anyway. But uh, I think we probably already talked about all the games that were like most interesting. Buffalo, Philadelphia. I think we both oh, think it's well, should be good. I mean, I'm always going to watch the Chiefs no matter what they do. Like the Monday night game, Chicago, Minnesota. I don't know that I even want to watch that. The Baltimore Chargers, maybe on Sunday night, might be all right. Could be, yeah. But yeah. Like New Orleans, Atlanta, or New England Giants. Ooh, I think that's the. Oh, Carolina, Tennessee is not going to look great either. New yeah. Orleans, Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, these are games that are going to be tough for us to pick. And Tampa Bay, Indianapolis. They're going to be really randomly distributed right for like the what we expect versus what actually yeah it, gonna it be. seems like a bunch there's of not players. a lot of marquee matchups this week yeah i mean I guess. The, the jacksonville houston game you know may end up deciding the, the division <laughs> you know yeah as would as a san francisco seattle might decide yeah division or be important in deciding the division yeah so there, you know, there are a few games that we didn't spend a lot of time talking about that, you know, could be interesting. But there are quite a few games this week with the full slate, no buys, that are maybe more unappealing than others. But at, but at least having all the games lets you say, well, we don't. There are other games to watch besides the unappealing ones usually. So that's, um, you know, the the, the less uh, than full slates also tend to have unappealing games, and there's yeah. Sure. You know, sometimes it allows for fewer, more appealing match, uh, uh, appealing or appealing or what we'll call them matchups, uh, to shine. So, uh, but I think all, in some ways, all I, I would watch any football if it's on in front of me, I or I don't have to do too much to turn it on. I will watch just about any NFL game, uh, yeah. at least on the background while I'm doing with whatever I'm doing. So, I'm, uh, you know, become a, a, a fo- I have more of a football, general football fan than any other general NFL football fan than any other sport. I'll watch uh, just whatever game is on. But uh, we, you know, there's gonna be a lot of good games though. It seems like, and uh, hopefully our bets turn out well. Uh, should we should we wrap this week's episode up, Doctor Scaff? I think so. 
Well, thanks again for joining us here on the Warning Track Power Hour. We appreciate your viewership, listenership, and uh, we hope that your teams do well over the weekend. And if you uh, follow our locks or leans this week uh, and you get them right, well, it's because uh, we're, we're, we're master prognosticators. But if you if we ended up missing them, it's uh, we you know this is an advice for uh, uh, for better season. This is for entertainment purposes only. So don't 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 blame us uh, if if your picks uh, uh, end up being bad because you followed Warning Trek Power Hour's advice. By this point, you should know how good or how bad our advice typically is. But um, on that note maybe talking about how bad our advice is this is how it's always a great way to end the show is talking yes. about how Listen poorly we've done in we're not good at this we're terrible at this we we uh, <laughs> you go the opposite you should take the costanza approach and just you know pick oh. the, uh, a morning check powder say do the other thing <laughs> but our, our locks of the week have been we're over 500 so we're, we're you know we're slightly better than a coin might be um, that's guess, what we strive for here <laughs> better than 50-50 better than an inanimate object uh, yes so uh, speaking of inanimate objects I lost I lost my train of thought because I was not I was not thinking clearly uh, like an inanimate object I was not thinking there we go. So, uh, as always I am Dr. Michael Werman Esquire. He, as always, is Dr. Andrew Scaff, PhD. We, as always, are the Warning Trek Power Hour. Please, as we always say, like and subscribe to our uh, podcast or our YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, we wish you the best uh, this week uh, in your gambling. And uh, as always, we'll wish you, in particular, a good day.